This NBA season, make every three-pointer, alley-oop, and buzzer beater even more exciting with FanDuel. You can bet on everything from first baskets and number of dunks to which player will drain the most threes. Or stack your bets with the same-game parlay for a shot to win even bigger. It's quick, easy, and you'll get your winnings fast. So download the app today and see why we're North America's number one sportsbook. Make every moment more with FanDuel. 19 plus and physically located in Ontario. Gambling problem? Call 1-866-531-2600 or visit connectsontario.ca. Between prepping ingredients, setting the table, and planning your tomorrow, sometimes you need an extra hand with dinner. Delta Faucet is here to help. Just ask your connected home device to fill your pasta pot with Delta Faucet Voice IQ technology and fill it with the perfect amount of water. Done. Visit deltafaucet.com slash voice IQ to see how Voice IQ can fill your dog's bowl, wash your hands, and more. Everyone needs more vacation, right? The new United Gateway card knows how to take you away with great travel rewards and no annual fee, ever. The wait for vacation is over. Tap now or visit unitedgatewaycard.com to apply. Here's the scenario. You're injured in a collision and your insurance company is denying your claim. It happens far too often. If it happens to you, call me, Brian Goldfinger of Goldfinger Personal Injury Law. My team and I work for people just like you. We don't accept cases on behalf of insurance companies, so you and your family can make sure that you're in good hands. Visit goldfingerlaw.com and get us working for you. Get Goldfinger today. You know what I want. <laughs> I want to Howdy, how you going, and welcome to the Raptors Reaction Podcast. I'm your host, Samson Folk, touching on the Raptors' latest win today against the Charlotte Hornets, who they managed a measly 96 points. The Raptors, for their part, 132 points, 40 assists, a franchise high. A lot of great things and a lot of stuff to like in this one, but before we get into it, a quick reminder that the contest for the two tickets that we'll be giving away by the Raptcast to the Rockets at Raptors game on December 5th, still active. You still have a chance to get, to get into the contest. You just have to go to Twitter, at SamFolk, S-A-M-F-O-L-K-K, or Raptors Republic, and you can find the details there. As for the game, really fun. There was a bit of malaise to start, but the Raptors, they overcame that, and uh, in a big way, I would say. Some notable things from the first quarter. Pascal hit a triple, which is always a decent barometer for where his game is going to be. Powell hit a triple, which is a much larger barometer for where his game is going to be relative to Pascal Siakam. And Gasol made a shot on the inside. A little up and under, had a pump fake, took a step into the rim, and had a nice finger roll. So all those things are super nice to see. And for... Van Vliet's part, he was the one who created both the Siakam three and the the shot at the rim for Gasol, and also an and one for Siakam. So he was he was operating well out of the pick and roll early. The Raptors were getting some nice offense from that. And on the other side of the floor, it seemed like the Hornets, as ever, were just going to pull up from three. I know that this hasn't always been their mantra, but this year with guys like Devontae Graham... P.J. Washington in tow, even Terry Rozier is putting up a lot of triples. They seem to really, Malik Monk as well, Dwayne Bacon, guys like that, 
they seem to want to shoot a lot of threes. And the way their offense kind of waned in and out in this game was because of the three-point variance of the NBA. The way it would regress to the mean and then back down and then back up. It was There was a lot of ebb and flow to the Hornets' offense. And so at times, like at the end of the first quarter, Fred Van Vliet, after having a really tight start to the game, he did have a few hiccups as far as decision-making went. And on the other side of things, the Hornets hit a couple triples. They got back into the game that way. It ended up being 26-25 after the first quarter. And it wasn't such an exciting first quarter. There was a bit of malaise to the game. And you could tell, A, that the Hornets were not a very good team. And that, B, the Raptors had just finished a long road trip and were just getting home, restarting the day-to-day of being home instead of on the road. Um, Louis Zatzman touched on that in the black box report that came out on Friday where he was talking about there's different routines for how you're operating on the road where usually you with the team shoot around is scheduled at a different time all these types of things you go home it switches back once again and the Raptors they appeared to be affected by that to a small degree and luckily for the Raptors they uh they had a little bit of punch provided for them in the Norm Powell was able to hit from downtown like I said earlier, Pascal Siakam, Fred Van Vliet, they brought it a little bit, but it did it did kind of go in and out, and there was a little bit of a letdown at the end of the quarter, but that was that was just fine. And the second quarter, I think, could be best summed up by saying the words Rondé Hollis Jefferson, Rondé Hollis Jefferson, Rondé Hollis Jefferson for maybe twelve minutes because he had fifteen points in the quarter. It was kind of insane how easy he was getting to the basket either a as a role man or floating on the weak side in the dunker spot waiting for the defense to either come out to one of Gasol or Norman Powell or Fred Van Vliet or Pascal Siakam whoever it was the Hornets were eager to leave that spot open and Hollis Jefferson was equally as eager to fill that spot and to finish around the rim and there was one play that really sticks in my mind that was way too much fun He had, I believe it was Miles Bridges in the post. He turned over his right shoulder, acted like he was going to drive to the rim, backed it back out, and then Bridges just completely was frozen. And then he fed it off to Terrence Davis, who was cutting to the rim. It was a great read. Davis made the dive, went up for a left-handed layup. It was a little bit strong. And even though Hollis Jefferson, to that point, was pretty far away from the rim, saw this play developing and grabbed the offensive rebound and then put it back up and... The game wasn't so easy for the Raptors at this point in time. The Hornets were still hanging around. They shot well from three in that second quarter. The barrage from downtown, it was way, it was in and out, of course, in the game, but that was when it was in. And on top of that as well, Biombo, I guess, outsmarted Boucher in the paint a couple times. He got a couple and ones on Boucher. One was Boucher just playing good help side defense, I think, and Biombo powering over top. The other, Boucher, a little bit. Uh, less than cautious with how he was contesting a, a, a baby hook from Biombo and, and gave him an and one in a game where the, the offense was not coming hot and heavy early on. There was a decent end to the half. It did pick up. But at the start of the second quarter, when Boucher was in and when Biombo was in, that did help the Hornets take the lead back from the Raptors. And so it was kind of it was back and forth for a little bit. Not too crazy, but when Rondé Hollis-Jefferson came into the game, 
he really he provided a ton of punch to the Raptors offense, allowed them to go on the run to get to 60 points at the half, and kind of set up how the rest of the game would pan out because it was at that point that I think everyone realized, okay, the Hornets, they're not super capable of defending this Raptors team. Even without Kyle Lowry, without Serge Ibaka, they clearly could not defend the Raptors. And on the other side of things, Marcus All was patrolling the paint. Chris Boucher in his time on the floor was patrolling the paint, I thought doing a decent job. And the Hornets had very little plans, not much of an idea of what they wanted to do in the paint, just that they weren't that interested in it. They put up a lot of threes, they were hitting more than the Raptors, it was 10-5 to at one point, and they were saying like, hey, maybe we don't go in the paint, maybe we just put up triples. We have our small guards, like guys like Devontae Graham, Rozier, Malik Monk, those guys can put up triples. If Miles Bridges is open in the corner, we'll let him try. And so the Hornets, that seemed to be their ethos in this one, which was not super successful, as evidenced by the 132-96 to final score. And when I tell you that <laughs> things got worse for the Hornets in the third quarter, I really mean it. And by got worse, I mean a guy who is not known for offensive eruptions. Offensive eruptions, I should say. OG Ananobi had an offensive eruption. He had four triples in the quarter against the Hornets. He had two dunks. It was it was schadenfreude. It was the best thing that we could have seen in a game like this. We've already seen the, the big game from Van Vliet this year. We've seen a couple, I should say. We've seen big games from Pascal Siakam. We've been waiting for OG Ananobi to have a similar type of thing. He had 22 earlier, which tied his career high. And it seems like he gets to that 22 so easy on the night he gets there. Why not get more? He did just that. And I thought he had a wonderful knack for playing off of Gasol tonight. And that was why he was so dangerous, creeping along the baseline, waiting for the less than structured Hornets defense to be too attracted to Gasol's gravity. And that, that meant that OG could do a lot of damage on uh, the weak side, but also more importantly than that, his pull-up game was on a level tonight. Not only did he hit a pull-up three almost straight away above the break, which is fantastic news because his defender went under the pick, so OG was like, all right, I'll pull up. But, and I think the most important thing we saw was he attacked a closeout sideways which is something great shooters do it's the sidestep triple and there's this thing that Paul George does really well where he'll let his left leg hang around and do whatever when he's going up for a leaning jump shot and the only thing that Paul George has to do is just make sure his right elbow and his right hip are in alignment and he can he can rise up from anywhere it's something that a lot of really good jump shooters have OG Ananobi pump faked, took a sidestep dribble, and was fading to his left, but you could see that his right side was completely aligned, and he splashed the triple. So not only is OG showing that he can't be run off the line towards the rim, but he can beat a defense that's trying to run him off the line by going sideways and getting into space that still allows him to shoot the triple from downtown. That's a huge development, and if that's something that is going to be a regular part of his game. That is very, very good news. I, I'm a huge fan of that development from him, and that's really exciting. 
For Pascal Siakam in this one, it wasn't a super great game of his, but it was a really nice to see him a return to form in some ways that he got to get out on the fast break and it wasn't so reliant on him creating in the half court. The Raptors were able to create with motion offense, a lot of moving, a lot of cutting. And obviously, as I mentioned a few times, the fast break was a big part of their offense. So both those things were really a benefit to Siakam. And after having such a huge toll, a big workload over the West Coast road trip, to see him get to a really easy number of points, and it didn't even look like he had a huge imprint on the game. Of course he did. He's the Raptors' best player right now, and he affects every game a great deal. But in this one, it looked very easy for him to get his points, whereas the games on the West Coast road trip, it looked like you knew Siakam was taking shots. You knew Siakam had to have the ball and had to try to put the ball in the bucket. Whereas tonight, it seemed effortless. He was getting to his spots really easily. And maybe the biggest part of this was that he played turnover-free basketball in this one. So he wasn't having to morph and change into this all-out offensive star in one night. He, he put up 28-5. and five, 20 points, 8 rebounds, 5 assists. And 5 assists and 0 turnovers for a big man is really, really impressive stuff. And 3 for 6 from downtown. Basically, he was... He did a wonderful job tonight. I was really impressed with him. And in a game where he was able to kind of sink into the background and still keep providing help to those who were stepping forward at different times. OG was a big part of the third quarter. There was all kinds of people chipping in in the first quarter. And the second quarter was obviously the story with that was Rondé Hollis-Jefferson. Siakam did a really good job of blending in no matter what part of the game he was in. And that was honestly just great to see. And same with Fred Van Vliet. I thought he did an awesome job of deferring to Gasol in the paint, finding him middle and letting Gasol kind of dissect the Hornets' defense from there because Van Vliet could have pushed to just keep running pick and roll and keep forcing the issue, but that wasn't the way to dissect the Hornets' offense tonight. The way to dissect the Hornets' offense was with a ton of motion and to use Gasol as the fulcrum in the middle of the paint, well, the middle of the floor, I should say, and to run around him, run lots of actions like that. And it worked extremely well. And a big part of being a point guard in the NBA, being a good one anyway, is recognizing what is the best route to offense. And it seemed like Van Vliet was able to do that and defer a little bit tonight, which is really cool to see, I would say. And as for the fourth quarter, there is nothing you can talk about besides Terrence Davis's 16-point explosion. Terrence Davis got a decent amount of run in this game, 20 minutes. He had 16 points. You might think that he scored in and out throughout the game. That was not the case. He had zero points heading into the fourth quarter. To that point in the game, he was pretty much just a ball mover above the break, running those little pitch handoffs or dribble handoffs to get a little bit extra room for whether it was Norman Powell, Fred Van Vliet, or Pascal Siakam operating above the break. That's what he was up to, and it looked like, okay, it's going to be a ho-hum game. That was not the case, not in the slightest. He had four triples in the quarter. He went five for seven. He had a beautiful find to Chris Boucher on the baseline, showing really great patience, waiting for the defense to open up on that side. Boucher got a dunk out of it. Boucher also finished with 11-11, and 11, probably the easiest 11-11 and 11 I've seen. It was kind of like how Ennis Cantor seems to just accumulate box score stats. Boucher was able to do that tonight. All in all, the Raptors 
As you probably know, if you watch the game or if you see the final score without even hearing half a second of my breakdown, my analysis of this game, they were dominant. Very, very dominant in this one. And if the Raptors are going to keep having different people step up from the bench every night, because everyone who's been a fan of an NBA team has at least cheered for a team that one year had a bad bench or a weak bench. Sometimes you get like 12 points, 8 points from a bench unit. The Raptors have not had that problem in some time. And the motley crew of guys that they have, have they're starting to stand out individually as players. I know there was the bench mob moniker that used to exist, but some of the Raptors players on the bench have been so exciting and tantalizing as prospects that you don't even want to just include them all together as a mob because their individual performances stand out so much. It's not a bench mob. It's so many individual great performances that we keep seeing back-to-back, night after night. And it's, it isn't a mob. It's individual players, and the whole team is kind of like a mob with different highlights, as evidenced by this game where I'm talking about. Yes, it was team-oriented oriented offense in the first quarter, but the second quarter defined by Rondé Hollis-Jefferson. The third quarter defined by OG Ananobi. The fourth quarter defined by Terrence Davis. All having massive point totals in these quarters. All of them at least, I believe, at least 15 and up. Three different players scored 15 or more in a singular quarter. That is a little bit insane. And none of them were Pascal Siakam or Fred Van Vliet. If that isn't an identifier of talent and a sleeping bear or a sleeping dragon, whatever the colloquialism is, there is the Raptors have real danger on that bench. And I think that the NBA will start to take notice. And as a fan, that is a really cool thing to see. The bench mob, all of us fans, we really rallied behind that. Pundits, fans, commentators, analysts, the coaches, the players themselves, they all love that idea. And being able to cheer for that bench unit again, it's not the same, it doesn't play the same, but it's there, and it is wonderful to cheer for. It's, a, to me, a very, very cool thing. The Reggie Evans Award in this one, I kind of wanted to give it to Rondé Hollis-Jefferson, but OG Ananobi is my guy. Seeing him step up, he was great rebounding when the game was close. I thought he provided a lot of help on the boards. His defense, as always, was great. I think he should make All-NBA this year. If he continues that even close to the defensive pace that he's been performing at, he should be a shoe-in. And the fact that he was so active on offense, his it was just so much fun to watch. And it was such a full performance. There were no holes in his game in this one. Sometimes you can look at an OG Ananobi game and you can say there wasn't a lot of creation off the dribble. This one wasn't missing that. He was able to make it happen. He was Euro-stepping through the lane, finishing over two guys with his left hand. He was making sidestep triples after they try and run him off the three-point line. He says, no, I'm still going to hit from downtown. They went under the pick and roll. He hit from downtown. He's still a menace on defense. There isn't much more you can want or ask for and that's maybe that's the defining trait of Reggie Evans you just you take what he gives you because there's just so much and you're like wow given who you are I'm really surprised what you just did tonight 
And given who OG Ananobi is and how his role has existed with the Raptors, this this night was a little bit surprising, especially the proficiency with the pull-up. And if this becomes who he is, I don't know how teams are going to start a healthy, sorry, not start, stop a healthy Raptors starting lineup. If you honestly look, Kyle Lowry, Fred Van Vliet, OG Ananobi, Pascal Siakam, and one of Marcus Gasol or Serge Ibaka, if OG plays like this, how do you stop that starting lineup? It's tough sell, tough thing to do. The Mitchell Robinson Award, which goes to the villain, goes to Nicholas Batum. Even if it wasn't particularly villainous, he did throw a bow and catch OG Ananobi in the same eye where Kawhi Leonard stuck his big clumsy fingers and OG had to leave the game for a short amount of time, came back, which was really nice. But that that was kind of scary because obviously missing OG sucks, player injuries suck, and wild elbows are never welcome. I know sometimes you, you ask a lot of big men, they're big fans of the wild elbows. It's like, hey, you come reaching in for this ball, you're going to catch these bows. I get it. I know why you guys like it. I know you want to, these pesky guards are always reaching after your rebounds. You want to get them out of there. You want to clear them out. I get it. But I don't like to see anybody get elbowed in the face. So Mitchell Robinson Award goes to Nicholas Batum tonight. As for the quick reaction comment, the top one from Kent Hansen. On the break today on ESPN, they were talking about the G League and which team has the best success with it. And the consensus was the Miami Heat because of Nunn, Kendrick Nunn, by the way, and I just couldn't understand it. The Raps could just about field a whole G League alum team and make the playoffs. Yeah, that uh, that seems like an incredible oversight to not name the Toronto Raptors as the G League kings of the league. Chris Boucher, Pascal Siakam, Fred Van Vliet. I mean, for, for crying out loud, Pascal Siakam is going to be an all-star probably all NBA this year. Fred Van Vliet um, got a vote for finals MVP last year. Makes it rain hellfire from downtown. I don't know how Kendrick Nunn qualifies the heat over the Raptors, but Ken Hansen, I agree with you. It's a little bit silly, and the Raptors could probably, maybe that'll be a future podcast or or an article, field a whole G League alumni team and make the playoffs. The Raptors have been to put it quite frankly, incredible at developing talent. Terrence Davis this year, Chris Boucher this year, or maybe Chris Boucher over the past year and a half, let's say. Pascal Siakam, Fred Van Vliet, it just, Norman Powell, it's never ending. It doesn't stop. The Raptors are, they do this with regularity. And if Miami hits on Kendrick Nunn, cool. But I I have to disagree if they think that Miami is the... The G League developers of the league, they think that they're the best. Huh? That's a hard disagree from me, and an agreeance with Ken Hansen. As for this podcast, I hope you enjoyed it. I'm going to get out of here. Thank you very much for listening. Whether you're getting into this in the morning or at night, I've been Samson Folk, your host. Thank you very much. Have a blessed day, and goodbye. Just in time for the holidays, fill your home and your season for less at homedepot.com. With up to 40% off a wide assortment of select bedding and bath linens. Update your bed or bath online, right from the comfort of your own cozy couch. Even get free delivery and flexible returns. How's that for holiday cheer? Up to 40% off. 
Holiday home decor improved from homedepot.com. How doers get more done. Online only. Free delivery on select items $45 or more. Visit homedepot.com for more information. Support for this episode is brought to you by Mrs. Myers. A delightfully clean home can make for a delightful start to the day. At Mrs. Myers, everything we make is inspired by the garden. With plant-derived ingredients, our cleaning products work like the Dickens, leaving your home sparkly clean and your to-do list tackled in no time. So bring a little bit of the outside inside your four walls and bask in the wonder of a garden from the comfort of home. Mrs. Myers, rooted in goodness. Shop now at mrsmyers.com.